Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Morning, welcome to On The Pace. I'm Michael Guerin joining you to talk all things harness racing, predominantly in New South Wales, but with a trans-Tasman bent on it today because one of New South Wales' best, if not the best pacer, in the state is going to be heading to the New Zealand Cup. We'll also have racing today out of Bankstown. So local racing with Cam Hart having a few drives there, a very successful night on Saturday night at Menangle and busy tomorrow again back at Menangle. Good morning to you, Cam. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Morning, Mick. No worries at all. Mate, before we get into what was a successful weekend and what you're driving over the next couple of days, last week you drove Majestic Cruiser, who's a two-time Group 1 winner, in a standing start trial at Menangle to see whether he would head to the New Zealand Cup on November the 8th. What's the latest? Is he going? Yeah, we're um, starting to make plans to, to get him over there, and Jason's pretty keen to take him, so... yeah. Um, all going well, well we'll be over there and, and have the crack obviously you've been to new zealand with the horse before you won the messenger beating the auckland cup winner and a former new zealand cup winner and self-assured do you think majestic cruiser in the back half of 2022 could be even better than he was in the front half Ken? yeah i was lucky enough to sit behind him in a trial and um you know, he felt even better. He, he feels like he's gone to another level, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, obviously, he's already been racing at the highest level of half got 18 months, but yeah, he's re- really feeling good at the moment and um, pretty confident uh, with his chances. OK, what has to happen next to get him to Christchurch, which is in the South Island of New Zealand, to take on Rock and Roll Do, self-assured, maybe a cooter, spank him, and some serious horses on November the 8th. So let's start with the lead-up races. Where does he go? Yeah, I think he's nominated this Saturday at Menangle, so there's a 2,300-metre free-for-all race on. So that'll um, give us a good guide to where he's at, I guess, under race conditions, and um, we'll probably go from there. But as far as um, lights and things like that, I think Chase has sort of got a plan worked out, so... Um, as long as everything goes smoothly with his couple of lead-up runs over here, he'll, he'll be heading over there. OK. Would he race in the Len Smith Mile on October the 29th? I think so. I think that's the plan at this stage. Um, all going well that he gets through his run uh, this Saturday. Good, and he pulls up well. I think um, that's the way he's going to head. What do you make of the standing start? Because New Zealand Cup Day, there's 20,000 people. You've been there before, so you've seen the size of the crowds. What do you make of him from a standing start in a compressed front line with 10 horses potentially all around him? Are you confident he will handle it? Yeah, he's, um, you know, he usually just takes everything in his stride. He's, he's a pretty cool character, and well, um, I'd imagine he'll just dope around at the start there until they call us up, so... He's, um, he doesn't let too much phase him, and um, like everyone's probably seen, if they've ever seen him at the racetrack, he's uh, pretty laid back, so I think he'll set well, and I was really happy with his stand start trial, he was really solid in his gait as soon as he took off, so I'm pretty uh, confident that we'll get a good start. Cam, it's been a massive last 18 months for you, but this is another horizon, you've been to big races in New Zealand before, but New Zealand Cup Day, 
20,000 people to harness race. Um, this is about as good as it gets in this part of the world. Yeah, I just can't wait, you know. Um, obviously, like you said, we were over there for a couple of big races um, earlier in the year, but this is definitely going to go to another level. And uh, Yeah, Jason and I just can't wait to get over there and, and be part of it. You know, I'm sure that atmosphere is going to be awesome, so that's why we're in the sport to, to be involved in days like this, so um, can't wait. On Saturday night, mate, you went to Menangle and continued your outstanding season. You drove a horse called Tay-Tay, who went 150.6 in the four-year-old Breeders' Challenge heats, and every time I see her, she looks better. Yeah, she just keeps getting better and better, and you know, she was a really quality filly and, and mare down in Melbourne, and um, you know she's probably been driven with a sit the last couple of starts, and it's really brought out her best, but in saying that, she's um, pretty versatile and run great races in front as well. But, yeah, I was super happy with her effort on Saturday. You came on Sky Sport Radio about a month ago and tipped us Jazzy Star as a horse to follow. He's won two since then. I would think the way he won the other night, he's going to end up in three-for-all grade pretty quickly. Yeah, I think he'll, um, after Saturday, he'll have to step up in the, the three-for-all grade. And I think he'll um, all go on well. He, he can be a little bit of a tricky horse with his manners, but... He's been awesome the last couple of weeks, so if he has his manners right, he's um, definitely a really nice horse with a lot of ability, and he'll definitely take that step. Talking about free-for-all grades, you drove the favourite in the Kevin Robinson free-for-all on Saturday night, and I cast no shadow. What happened there? Yeah, he just didn't seem himself. Um, you know, he's, he's usually like uh, hard on the bit and even runs strong sectionals. He, he normally does it quite easy, and he, just um, didn't swell up on the bit for me um, Saturday and didn't quite seem himself. So Jason will um, you know, see how he falls up and sort of go from there. He might have just had an off night. Mate, we're raising a Bankstown today. The first on the card goes at one thirty-seven. You drive Jungle Spider for Grant Forrest, who has a lot of horses in the race, but not the favourite. Tiger T looks hard to beat from inside you. Yeah, Tiger T has been really consistent at Manangorn probably raced it against a bit stronger company and probably looks like it's raced today, but I think Jungle Spider is definitely going to be a good place show. Um, if it had drawn inside Tiger T, I might have gave her a little hope of beating it, but it looks pretty hard to beat today. You drive the favourite and the second on the card, critical advantage, and this time you do get the best of the barrier draws. Yeah, he was really good uh, at Canberra, and even first up at Menangle, he needed the run, but it was a, quite a decent... Uh, race for him so yeah he comes up with a good draw and that's always half the battle at Bankstown and I expect him to be pretty hard to beat. You don't get good draws and the third and the fourth on the card with the David Waite stablemates Mavis Glory and Panseer's Seal so what do you make of their hopes? Yeah I think uh, Mavis Glory you know she's got a fence draw so that's going to suit her but she might be a couple of weeks away yet she she definitely improved um, from her trial runs to her first up Canberra run but she might still need a couple of starts to feature. And I think Panacea Steel's in a winnable race. You just come up with a bad barrier, so it's probably just going to re- rely on a, a bit of tempo up front to bring us into the race. But I definitely think he's an each-way hope in that race. You drive two more for David Waite in the next two. Clement Sorrell, who's having starts 329 today and just loves to seem to go to work. And Miss Ayala, who I thought had to be a good chance in the sixth. Yeah, Clem, he's, um, he's been such a good old horse and he just loves racing and he's always so consistent and you know he's always um, a horse that you can put into the race a little bit and 
um, probably the mile with the wide barriers, not really up his alley, but we'll try and get him up there amongst it. And he's always uh, doing his best. And I think Miss Ayla comes up with a winnable race as well. Um, there is a little bit of speed inside her, so might just have to try and spot her in and try and be as close as possible. But I think she'll win hope in that race. I thought an interesting horse came in race seven for you. We're talking about banks down to this afternoon into this evening. Is get ready to rock. It's coming out of Menangle races, and, and they're not the strongest Menangle races, but they're probably at least as strong as today. I thought it had some sort of hope in the seventh if you could get handy. Yeah, she's got a little bit of gate speed, but there is a little bit of speed under her as well. But I think at Bankstown, when you're over a mile, you've got to sort of chance your arm a little bit and try and get handy. But some of the runs at Menangle have been really handy. Um, I think Foxy Dada's probably the fast runner in the race, and if it gets a bit of luck, it's probably going to be hard to beat, but I still think she's going to be an each-way hope in that race. Cam, you head to uh, the home track, Menangle, tomorrow, or your new home track. What's your best chance of driving a winner there? I think probably um, Sugar Daddy in the first race. He's, uh, he's probably just been below a few of the better two-year-old trotters this year, but he, he's just been a horse that keeps improving each prep, and he's trialled up really well, so I expect him to be pretty hard to beat in the first. Mate, just going back to the fact you're heading almost certainly to that New Zealand Cup, what did you make of Rock and Roll Do? Now, he's a horse you would have seen in New South Wales earlier this year. What did you make of his Victoria Cup win? Because as a fellow horseman, um, as scary as that must be to race against, it must be awfully impressive to watch. Yeah, he was uh, he was massive. You know, he looked the winner a long way out. Um, he had sort of expensive ego off the bit, and you could just see at the 400 that he was just absolutely travelling, and Mick just had a good hold of him. And uh, the way he did it, yeah, it's pretty impressive to be able to win a race like the Victoria Cup with you know the good horses around him like that, and to do all the work and, and still get home. Uh, it's very impressive. Man. All right, Cam, if we need some money to be travelling to New Zealand in a couple of weeks, or all the people in New South Wales need some money to recover from their Everest hangover. What's your best chance of driving a winner today at a Bankstown? Yeah, I'd say probably critical advantage. I'd, I'd say from a good barrier, he's going to be pretty hard to beat. Mate, we appreciate your time. As always, you're a busy man. We like hearing your thoughts on Sky Sport Radio. If you make it to the New Zealand Cup, we hope you do yourself, the horse, and Jason Proud. Yeah, thanks, Mick. Appreciate it. Cam Hart, who could be heading to New Zealand to Addington for the biggest harness race there. That's November the 8th, the second Tuesday in November. And Majestic Cruiser could race this Saturday night at Menangle to confirm his spot there up against Rock and Roll Do. Self-assured, copy that, spank him. An outstanding race, potentially just around the corner for Trans-Tasman Harness Racing. A horse who's not too far behind them, he's actually a very good horse, is Zeus Bromack. He won the Kevin Robinson free-for-all at Menangle on Saturday night. It's a qualifier for the Inter-Dominions. He's a tough little thing. I think he might handle the Inter-Dominion. The question for his trainer, Paul Fitzpatrick, as he joins us now, is, Paul, good morning to you. Are you heading to the Inter-Dominion with Zeus Bromack? Uh, good morning, Mick. Yeah, yeah, at this stage, yeah. Uh, we'll be going, yeah. Uh, was it the plan all along to, to aim him at the Inter-Dominion? Because he's a very tough, nuggety type of horse. I would have thought he's one horse who will cop the series. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that was um, uh, one of the main... We had him in the Inter-Dominion last year, um, but he uh, he just got cooked a week before, 
and uh, but we, yeah, we think that'll suit him down the ground. But the, uh, not only the, the series, but the, the distance. Um, he, he likes uh, the longer distance, and uh, we, yeah, we think it'll be good for him. Well, he didn't mind the shorter distance on Saturday night. He paced 149.4. He came home in 27 and 27.4. So clearly at the moment, Paul, he's a horse who's feeling good about life. Like he's come out and beat some pretty good horses there. And I presume he's still on an upward trajectory toward the Interdoms fitness-wise. Yeah, well, yeah, he is. He'd be pretty pretty spot on now, Mick. He, he, uh, his sectionals last week were just outstanding. Um um, the track was wet, but obviously it was still very good. But his, his sectionals were so good, um, and and that's the first time he's had a draw for, um, for his last four starts. Um, we took him to Brisbane. He just had no luck in the draws. He just kept through the second line both times and had no luck, and then came back here and drew nine and ten. So, uh, so first time he um, he had the opportunity with a draw, and he had a great run, and uh, yeah, he went well. Obviously, a lot of the Menangle horses uh, get very, very efficient at the miles, but you're saying he'll be just as good over distance when he heads to Shepparton and Geelong and these tracks and, of course, Melton for the final. Are, are you yeah, thinking yeah. he's a horse who, who can be... What are you thinking, Paul? Top three, top five chance in an Inter-Dominion, or is he a better chance than that? Oh, look, he's... Um, oh, well, I mean, he's um, there's some great horses in there, and, and it depends um, on the run, but he's, he's very, very versatile, you know. He, he led in the um, carrots and he had Spencer Vigo. He passed outside and beat him. But he only beat him half a length, I think, and they went 49 or, or quicker. Um, he can come from the back, but he loves following speed. You know, that's the beauty of him. He's a great little horse to drive. And uh, and, and off the track, he's, he's, although he's staying, you know, he's um, very, very good to look look after. He's a great leader and everything. And, uh, no. but, but versatility, yeah, he can do anything. Mate, Gavin drove him uh, in the feature there on Saturday night. Gavin's also driving for you, your son today, uh, at Bankstown, heading here for the third on the card. You've only got the one in. So is that a good indication for Porsche's bling, that you've only got the one horse and you're bothering sending one to Bankstown? Oh, yeah, probably. It's a race that suits her. Um, she, she's got a few tricks up in her bag, you know. But um, the start before, she went quite good at Penrith. She ran second, uh, led and ran second at uh We'd be looking to try and lead with her today around Bankstown. You know, we think she'd be quite competitive, really. She was a bit disappointing to start before. She just never travelled really well. But, um, yeah, today, hopefully from the two alley, we can lead. OK, so if the Sky Sport radio listeners were, were popping past the TAB or jumping on the Tab app, would you suggest this isn't a bad bet? Yeah, yeah, I'd be having something on her, yeah. Yeah, okay. but, I mean, I wouldn't be putting my house on her either. <laughs> Paul, we know um, we know you, you, your family's been one of the iconic families in New South Wales harness racing now for well over 20 years. What else do you have around you at the moment that you think's a good horse? Because I know you've had Wainui Creek in the stable. Who, who's around you that you like at the moment and could pop up on a Saturday night when our listeners have been to the races, they've been to the gallops or they've been at the tab, they're in the pub and they see a name flashing up. What name should we watch out for? Um... Probably, uh, well, he's he's calling on Wednesday, JK, he's back. Um, probably um, Barry Purden's mare or Katrina's mare, um, Be My Rose. She's a nice mare, and uh, she may be in Saturday night, I think. Um, uh, she had a run last Tuesday and won at good odds. 
and uh, she's a real nice mare, and uh, she, she's um, she's back at the angle on a Saturday night, so she'd be the one probably. You seem to have a very close association with Barry Purden. and he is obviously a, a Hall of Fame trainer, and he's smart enough to know when to send his horses to Menangle, A, to get good mile times, but B, to get them the best type of racing and the big stakes available every Saturday night. Is it a case that he posts these horses across to you and then leaves it to you, or does he give you a ring and say, this is what I would do, Paul? How does it work when you, as a Hall of Fame trainer, are training for another Hall of Fame trainer? Oh no, no, he's really good to do with Barry. He just he sent her over here, um, here and Katrina Breda and um they sent her over to A as you say, you know, get the good times against her and uh he thought that her style of racing might suit her and it did. You know, she went um the first few starts she went really good and uh really fast sectionals and uh but then she uh she had a spell and got a bit crook and it took her a while to get back to the races. But as I say she went over there. But he you know, he just leaves it up to us, you know. Um we try and put her into the a mares. She's got to sort of graduate to that top quality mares, but we think she might, yeah. yeah. Mate, away from uh, the ones who won on Saturday night, you had Captain Ritchie uh, in the semi-final of the Breeders' Challenge. You only finished third, and you were beaten quite a long way, but um, you had to come from a very wide barrier draw. Um, he's a pretty good horse. Is he in the right sort of space for the final coming up in two weeks, or...? Is it a case with some of these early season juveniles where he was good enough to win the APG, others have caught up? Where's Captain Ritchie at? Um, well, I don't think they've caught him. I just don't think he's going quite as good as he was early on. He, um, if, if the big races weren't on, he would be in the paddock. But um, they're in the race. He's still going quite good without going um, as good as he can go, I don't think so. We've got a fortnight to work on him to try and find those extra, you know, few lengths. He's a lovely horse, beautiful horse. We, we've got a very big opinion of him. And um, uh, so whatever happens, like Saturday week, he'll be out in the paddock for a while and um, get him, try and get him back to his best. But, yeah, he is a beautiful horse. But they're, they're, they're quality colts. And, um, you know, you've got to be at your best to beat them. So we just hope he will be. Is it harder training these two-year-olds now, Paul, when they have a divided season? We race in the early months of the season. We sort of have a hibernation over the winter. Then it gets very busy at the back end of the season, whereas it used to be more all clumped together in one elongated campaign in the second half of the season. Is it more difficult putting them away and bringing them back? I think it's more difficult. I think it's actually better for the horse because you don't have to rush them uh, so much. Uh, you can divide. You you really only have Bathurst and uh, Australian Pacing or the um, the Pay Up Series. You know earlier in the year. Then later in the years, you you have the uh, the Breeders Challenge and the Breeders Crown. So you can sort of decide which way you want to go. But they put those things back, and so you really don't get the opportunity to give them a nice spell at the end of the season to get ready for the derbies. And uh, like our derby, I think is in March. So he'll get to the stage. He he will probably miss the New South Wales Derby because he just won't have time to have a good spell and uh, and be back. So that's yeah. my only uh, downfall with it. But um, I know what you're saying, Paul. It's it's tricky because we're trying to fit most of the good racing into the summer or warmer months, but there's only so many of those. And hmm. you're right. There's um there's not much of a break between B and two and three. In fact, there's no real break. You're two one day, three the next, and we're back into it. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and yeah. and and down the road, you know, this is where where the problem lies of of keeping our good horses to so they graduate into the fast class and then become cup horses. You know, 
there's only so much water in the well, you know, and you can only take so much out. So that's the problem I see with it, and I think I'll have to address it. Mate, the, uh, there's plenty of water in the well yet to go for Zeus Bromac by the look of what we saw on Saturday night, mate. So we're looking forward to seeing him uh, in his next six or eight weeks as he becomes an Inter-Dominion horse again, second time round, hopefully better than the first. OK, thanks, Mick. Thanks, Paul. That's Paul Fitzpatrick. He heads today to Bankstown as well. Um, let's talk about horses from Saturday night. And, and one of the great stories of the two-year-old Breeders' Challenge for the Philly semi-final was Savion winning for Ashley Greaves. Ash doesn't make it that often. To Menangle, she's turned up here with a Philly. Uh, she's been able to beat her good mate Amanda Turnbull. She's been able to beat some of the other smart horses from the Metro area against the Michael Doltoff type horses. And she's done it well enough. Obviously, she's into the final. And she's paced 153.2. So Ash, who also trains a couple of gallopers, we're hoping to get hold of her before the end of the show today. Maybe get a thought on what we can follow for her team at Bathurst over the next couple of weeks. But Savion was impressive. And as I said, Ash is a welcome you to the show. It's a big old trip coming to Menangle with a two-year-old filly and getting the job done. That must have been very satisfying on Saturday night. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, no, it was a great result. Um, we thought we were going down with a chance and then I'm having a gun run and, yeah, she's a pretty nice filly. Okay, you're now in the big dance, the Breeders' Challenge final. You're in the Group 1. What do you make of that? Is it a case that you're there, so, hey, we go around and enjoy the experience, or can you get her honed down enough for that on Saturday week she can win a Group 1? Yeah, look, um, the, the other filly, Sammy, obviously was a lot quicker than the one that we won. Um, and they're two really, really nice fillies. Um, but I think with like the, the way our Sammy was run probably didn't really suit my filly. She can over-raise and she probably prefers the speed on. Um, I'm not sure whether she can get right down to the 150, but um, she certainly, she ran 52 at Menangle, Um on the Tuesday before the semi, and she did that quite comfortably. So, you know, I think with a bit, I think she can beat that time, but whether we can get to the 50, I'm not sure. Um, but it's a pretty pretty nice group of fillies there this year. And uh, look, we're in it, but we haven't drawn that well, so we'll just be relying on speed, which, um, you know, I'm confident there'll be plenty of that. Ash, you come from a harness racing family, of course. Your dad, Mick, was one of the great characters of harness racing and still is. Is it kind of weird in your head to think that you're seeing two-year-old fillies going 150? We saw the Australasian record there on Saturday night and and you've got to take them on because 12 years ago, they would have won you the Miracle Mile. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it's quite unbelievable, really. They just seem to be getting faster and better each year and yeah, look, when I first got into harness racing, there's no way that a, that a two-year-old filly would ever run that mark. But our breed's certainly getting quicker and better. And, you know, it is all speed racing now, which the horses get used to. And um, I'm sure, you know, we'll look back in years to come and, and they'll be they'll be going even better again. So, um, yeah, it is quite unbelievable. But, um, yeah, just the way that it is now with the modern breed, I suppose. And, yeah, like I said, it'll it'll only get quicker, I'm sure. Um, talking about two-year-olds, not all of them you know, get to Savion's level very quickly in life. Some take longer to mature. You're taking one to Bathurst on Wednesday night for the last on the card there called Whispers. Now, Whispers has a way to go to catch Savion, but is there any reason for our listeners to keep following Whispers, whether this campaign or the next? Yeah, look, she's she's a small filly, um, certainly the opposite to Savion. She's quite a big filly. Um, she's been a late maturer, Whispers, um, hence I sort of held her back a bit. 
bit of her thighs and she can still do a little bit of a little bit wrong, but she's well bred and she's got good ability. She's got high speed. She's probably a fit and sprint type horse. They couldn't be more opposite. But um, you know, we're just sort of probably this time in. She needs the experience, and I'm confident. You know, next season as a three year old, she'll she'll be a lot better. So I've I've got time for her. I think she's a nice little filly. She just as she sort of learns to race and and matures, I think that we'll we'll see the best of her a little bit later down the track. Ash, the final for the Group 1 comes up in around 12 days' time. You've been doing this for a while and, and with some success. Do you get excited now knowing that you're going to a Group 1, whether you could win it or not, and seeing yourself out there, your colours, you're driving against these absolute top superstar horses and drivers, does that still make you excited thinking that you're going to the big dance in 12 days? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we're all in it for at the end of the day. It's... Um it's not really, you know, your country racing week to week. It's, it's these bigger feature races that we all strive for. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be back back at that level. We we haven't had one sort of at that level for a few years now. And um, to be back down, heading heading down there with a nice filly, it's certainly what we're in it for. And, yeah, it's good to be a part of it and to have one in the stable. Well, Ash, we're thrilled to see you back there. It's a, it's a good achievement considering you're a busy person. You've got plenty going on in your life and we're looking forward to seeing you having a spin around an angle and what could be 150 in about 12 days' time. Thank you for joining <laughs> us this morning. No worries. Thank you, Mick. That's Ashley Greaves, who's old man Mick Syke, is one of the great guys of harness racing in the last 20 years. Um, she has a good two-year-old heading to the Group 1s. The barrier draw is done on Saturday night for the four-year-olds and the two-year-olds. They'll be available on harness.org.au We head to Bankstown today. The racing kicks off there just after one o'clock. We heard the thoughts of Cameron Hart. Critical advantage is his best of the day in race two. We'll be back with more On The Pace. We'll give the dogs their chance tomorrow morning. On The Pace back at 10.30 on Wednesday. If you're having a bet today, wish you the best of luck.